This episode of the e-commerce playbook podcast is brought to you by Wayflyer. If you need to purchase more inventory, if you need to have more money to put towards advertising, or really if you need working capital for anything else in your business, when we needed capital, they were a great partner to us. Go check out wayflyer.com. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I am so glad you've joined me for another episode of the show. And today on the show, we're going to talk about email. I've had sort of assorted thoughts from a few different areas that I'm seeing where email is working and macro trends and micro trends and specific examples and everything in between. So a few thoughts on sort of what I'm seeing in the world of email. And hopefully this will help you put your effort in the right place when it comes to email. That's really what I want to do. Figure out where the best use of your time and effort is. So let's dive in. So email is a crucial topic, I would say, with along with advertising. It's sort of one of the key things that's at the sort of core of a lot of D2C businesses in terms of their tactical approach to driving revenue. You know, you get outside of big picture brand thinking and product thinking and core economics around the rest of your business, manufacturing and fulfillment and all that kind of stuff. When you actually get to sort of the growth engine of a business, it's ads and email. Those are the two big things. And in my work right now, I've been working really closely with a couple of brands where that's just been so much of what we're trying to accomplish is to think really carefully about ads and email and do that as well as we possibly can and make sure that engine of growth is humming and everything's working. So in the midst of that, I've been working on some email optimization stuff for some some brands. And it's been really interesting. One brand I was working with, when I started working with them, came to me and said, you know, we're really bad. We, we do a lot of stuff really wrong and we could really use your help. And I first dug in and it happened to be the case that they had not sent an email in a week or two. And it, it just, it was an anomaly. And so I, I didn't notice that it was an anomaly, but something had come up or something. And normally they send plenty of emails all the time. And so what I thought was going to be very low hanging fruit was just getting them to send more campaigns. And that being like a lot more digging into sort of their flows and trying to sort that stuff out. And we did some stuff there and it's fine. But what quickly is becoming clear to me as I've looked across the email landscape and really been diving in there, what I've seen for a long time and what continues to be confirmed is that email really is an 80-20 game. And I've kind of gone back and forth on this and thought there was a bunch of other ways to keep making email better and better and better. But right now, it's just really rare that I see somebody really clearly putting up huge, massive Ws on email once they've done the first bunch of stuff. Where, you know, the 80-20 idea, right? That 80% of the value is coming from the 20% of the things you do. Or basically, you get a really big win really fast. And then after that, there's a lot of effort to get the marginal 20% of value that you're going to get at the end. And that's been the case. And so the first thing that I really want to say is that over and over again, everywhere I look, the number one thing there is to say about how to generate value via email is just send more email. (laughs) It's almost annoying how simple that advice is, but it's true. Like once you get your basic flows set up and you should get them set up, and once you're capturing emails at a reasonable rate and the reasonably high quality emails, like just so much of the value in email comes from sending more emails. And I can give you example after example of this. I think a lot of my friend, Sean from Kuru Footwear, who has talked a lot on Twitter about how When they moved from sending three emails a week to five emails a week, they just saw a whole bunch more revenue come in and it sort of didn't matter what else they did. And they were almost annoyed at at it too. You know, they thought, oh, we don't want to be a spammy company or whatever it is, but that was the case. You know, we've seen this macro data set from our data newsletter that we update every week at CTC. We've we've seen this sometimes lowering click-through rates are correlated with higher revenue. 
And those seem to be, those are year over year numbers. And, and one of the implications that Taylor has drawn on Twitter and that I've drawn and seen and we've put into the newsletter is just like, it's probably because lower click-through rates are associated with sending emails to broader parts of your list and sending more, more emails more often that you do degrade things like your click-through rate. But you're not optimizing for click-through rate, right? What you're optimizing for is revenue. And because of that, if you send emails to broader parts of your list, there's diminishing returns on that list. Clicks go down as you send to more people, as you send to less engaged people, all those things. But you know what else happens? The revenue goes up. <laughs> the revenue goes up. Yes, some people are going to ignore it. And for some people, it's going to go to promotions and hopefully not too many to spam because that becomes a real problem. But like, yeah, it works. People buy stuff when you send it to more people. And they click and they see, and there's a simple reason for this, I think, which is that first of all, people are less annoyed with emails from companies than you think. And more importantly, they're paying less attention to your company than you think. If you end up in promotions all the time for somebody, if you end up in their promotions folder, or if you're just sending lots of email, like at some point they will either unsubscribe because they're totally uninterested. And that's fine. If they're unsubscribing, like they probably weren't that interested in your brand anyway. And who cares? Let them go. That is going to happen. Or they just aren't thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. You live in your brand. You're thinking about you all the time. Think about your brand and your tactics all the time. You wake up, you leave your house or you stay in your house as the case may be, and you go to work and you start working on stuff and you finish the day. And often you think about work when you go home, especially if you're like a founder or something. And all during that time, your brand is on your mind. And you know what? Your customers just are not doing that. They have other things going on in their lives. And so sending more email is simply a way to stay in front of them, 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 in front of them over and over and over again stay in front of them. And if you can do that, sometimes, yes, they're not going to open the email because they're going to see every fifth one of them because they don't check their promotions folder very often or whatever. But like, it just is going to make it so that you generate value. So job number one is send more email. Now there's a limit to this, of course. Do not batch and blast your emails to your entire list every time and get your open rate down below 10% and really destroy your email list like that. Like, don't do that, right? You will end up hurting your deliverability for sure. You will end up hurting your sender reputation for sure. You can actually get red flagged in that way and you can really make it hard for your brand to ever send email again. So don't do that. Definitely do some segmentation in some way or another. The thing I see a lot of times is sort of like almost all emails go to just like a 30-day engaged group, people who've engaged in the last 30 days and they're only sending two, three times a week because they don't want to annoy people. I just think that's not ultimately a very good strategy. Like, Send broader than that, 60 or 90 days, you know, start testing sort of what happens to your opens and clicks to some degree. And if you, and your spams and your unsubs, just use those as directional indicators of whether or not you're really bothering people. And I just don't think you are. And as you send more to a broader part of your list and see what happens to your revenue at the same time, track this, go watch what happens to your revenue. I bet you will generate more revenue simply by sending more email more often. And so that is job number one. Now, there are other things to do on the margins. One of them I just mentioned, of course, is make sure your automations are set up. And that is just like obvious, go do that. I think sometimes it's good to send, let your automations go deeper and longer than you than you think a lot of times. You know, if you, you know, if the standard is like three emails deep, I've, I've watched brands have their abandoned cart flows go five, seven, 10 emails deep. And you could do some filtering there for engagement if you want, but like those emails over time, especially if you change up the offer, change the price, just like you would with ads, play with different vari variability. They're like, you know, that can actually make a real difference to some degree uh, at least. So yeah, go for that for sure. But get those set up, get your campaigns going. That is just job number one. And don't worry too much if you aren't going super crazy beyond that because you probably are knocking out a lot of it. You probably did not get into e-commerce because you love dealing with 
great. And yet, if you're an e-commerce operator or founder or whatever, you've also probably come to realize that dealing with freight is a huge part of the job, a huge part of the business. And so you've got to get it right. In the messy world of e-commerce supply chains, Wayflyer Shipper exists to simplify inventory shipments and reduce costs for fast-growing businesses. With Shipper, you can streamline your freight process and gain visibility into every aspect of it, source the best rates and flexible funding terms that allow you to spread out the cost of your shipment. You know about the importance of cash flow if you're running your business, and so that can be a huge W. Unlock more of your working capital so you can focus on growth. Head to wayflyer.com shipper to learn more. Now, let me also point out that one of the challenges with email and this is a fascinating thing, is that like actually, you actually like might not even need the email to be the thing that drives revenue as much as you think. And this is one of the reasons why revenue why email sending more email can work, but why also like minor changes have small overall effects on your total revenue. So Dave, Dave Recook, running Bamboo Earth right now for Rough 100, he sent me a holdout test he did for some winback emails. This is sort of super fascinating, I think. He took his audiences and he took a group, let's say uh, group number one was people who have been between five and six months, 150 to 180 days since their last order, okay? And he split it into three groups. Group number one is the holdout group. They get no communication from the company. Group number two is a group that he emailed only, okay? And then group number three, he did email plus direct mail, okay? And in that group, the audience sizes were about 500 people in each one, a little less. But in group one, he created $1,900 in revenue. So the people had already ordered once, by the way. This is a holdout group. This is a, this is a, this is a win back group, right? So this is, they'd ordered at some point. It just had been a while since their last order. So group number one, the holdout group, actually generated $1,900 in revenue five to six months since they last placed an order. Group number two, that he emailed only, generated $2,800 in revenue. Group number three, where he did email plus direct mail, generated $3,500. Now, these are small samples, and it's not huge numbers or anything like that. And you definitely see some effect there where like email and then email plus direct mail together made some kind of a difference. But like, it's not wild, insane, huge, crazy differences. And when you play that same game on longer time windows, 180 to 270 days, 270 to 365 days, the margins between those three groups get even smaller to where the holdout group performs as well as the other groups, basically. Now, those are all small samples. There's a lot of caveats that apply. That's one particular audience, win back only. Like, I get all of that. But the point is, this is why, like, think about what would happen. Like, I know how this works. You start putting together an email or a direct mail campaign or whatever for those groups. And people, you know, designers start worrying about whether or not it's on brand enough. And copywriters, like, really make sure that they're dialing in the copy just right and all that. And, like, look, they're making such small differences that any hand-wringing you do over that stuff is just like, I mean, is it going to make your direct mail campaign or your email campaign perform 5% better? If it does, that's going to be like, in this case, a marginal value of what, like 20 bucks or something like that. I, mean, I don't know, maybe a hundred dollars. It's just, it's barely worth anybody's time to go and like spend all of the time optimizing like crazy and doing all of this work. And so, so much of the value here is in just sending to your list and keeping them engaged by sending at a broad level and not worrying too much about getting everything totally perfect. Now, again, that's just one small group and one little study, and you could repeat that study in a lot of different ways, and it would probably be valuable to do. But yeah, that ends up being, I think, the key takeaway there is just make sure you're not doing too much hand-wringing over things that don't that don't make a huge difference. Now, on the other hand, what I'll say is I'm seeing some other places where if you actually want to make additional value happen, you have to work pretty hard. So I'm working with another client 
where we have like more than quadrupled their email capture based on a number of things that we're doing. And there's like a few different places on the site. This brand gets a bunch of organic traffic on some educational content they do. And so we've put email captures there. We've changed their on-site pop-up to capture more email addresses. We've made a distinction between the main site pop-up and the blog pop-up and try to do different offers there. And we're continuing to hammer away at all these different places to do it. But the fascinating thing is, as we do all of that stuff, we're definitely capturing way more email addresses. And we've got flows set up that are specific to everything. And you know, because it's educational content, we have a little sense of what the person is interested in when they give us their email address on some of this stuff. They read this blog post A, then it means that they're interested in content related to blog post A. And if they gave us their email address, it's in an embedded form and blog post B, then it means distinctions in those different pieces of content. You get the idea, right? That there's different little ways that you can signal what these people are interested in. And yet it's been incredibly hard to turn those people into value. It's a long, slow tail and probably isn't working all at once by generating, you know, a bunch of people like click and buy right away in a very direct response way. And what that tells me is if I'm going to make those funnels work, I either need to just assume that it's going to happen over a very long, slow period of time, or I need to go crazy, like getting this right. It's a huge amount of work and it's a ton of hacking away at like what exactly the right kind of flows are and the right messages are. And there's always going to be a question there of whether or not it'll ever work in a way that meaningfully generates revenue, or is it just sort of an awareness builder and a way to stay in touch with people and that's it. That ends up being the challenge to go through. And again, I bring it up to point out effort and time are limited. There's opportunity costs on everything you do. And you have to make this decision around some of this stuff around, is it going to make an impact? And so here's the guiding principle for me as I go forward with some brands. What I'm thinking a lot about is first, send more email, right? But second, what kind of tests and changes can I make that are actually big and meaningful? What can I do that's like a big and meaningful change so that I'm really hitting people with very different content, very different offers, very different approaches? Because if I'm not doing that, the marginal impact of these kinds of sort of secondary parts of email strategies are just so low. It ends up being a waste of a lot of spinning your wheels yeah, over things that are actually not going to get you anywhere very far. And so that's the big takeaway. And that's where like, you know, at CTC, right, like our email program as an agency, when we work with brands is really focused on like, let's make sure to get plenty of campaigns out. Let's make sure and do a really good job on all the core stuff. We code the emails. We do all the things that you need to do to make it so that you're going to sort of maximize the big stuff. Get that stuff. Get your flows into the right place, but don't over-focus on super optimization there. And uh, make them beautiful. Make them really good brand touch points. But that's really it. Major on the majors because that's actually where the mass of the value is. Somewhere out there, there's always some case study of somebody who did endless optimization of some little tiny part of their thing. And that's the way you know they generated 5x their revenue or whatever. And it's probably true and good for them. But those are outlier stories, and it's important to remember that. And in most cases, there's this big 80-20 rule. Do the big stuff right. Worry less about unsubscribes. Worry less about spam. As long as you're not getting into really dangerous sub-20% open rates or you're getting towards creeping 10%, you know, those kinds of things. As long as you're not getting to that territory, you're probably okay. And so fire away. Make sure that you are prioritizing. And do do this. Make sure you prioritize in your schedule getting campaigns out, by the way. is something I see people do which is they, there's so much to do at a given time that they just can't seem to stay on top of getting emails out. Like, look, get your emails out, send more emails, make it a, a high priority list thing. There is a lot of value to be captured by doing that. But beyond that, don't make it so that you're like killing yourself all the time. If you're going to segment, 
The place that I would most take a next step here would be people who sign up for your email list but don't purchase. Get them sent some kind of special offer to try to engage them. If you do any kind of discounting, any kind of offers at all, that's where I would say there's probably some work to be done because you can actually generate some some marginal revenue. We've seen some bamboo earth. You can actually generate some marginal revenue by saying, hey, okay, you've been on my list for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, you haven't purchased. I'm going to send you a special gift with purchase offer or something like that. It's going to try and generate that first purchase. But other than that, I haven't seen huge impact coming from lots of super detailed segmentation. I would love to hear if you disagree with me on this episode. This is not my deepest area, particularly of technical expertise. And that's actually kept me in some points from like, sort of sounding off too much on this topic. But I'm just at a point where I just don't hear enough stories. There's vague concerns around deliverability from some good email people, and and I get that. But even that's often not backed with clear stories of like things that are really, really making a big difference in clear revenue generation. By the way, reporting for email is another big problem. It's part of the reason why I think it can be hard to see this. So people say like they have best practices, ideas, but they're not reporting clearly on email revenue and email analytics in a way that ends up really reinforcing what you want there. Anyway, I would love to hear if somebody's really thinking about this better than I just did. Look, if I'm wrong about some of this stuff and somebody can really show that, fantastic. Let's do a follow-up episode. Let's talk about what I got wrong and how we, how you can sort of prove that point because I'd be glad to know it in that case. It's definitely something that's becoming a stronger and more core belief for me all the time. So thanks for listening as always to the show. If this was helpful to you, would you rate and review the show? That would be so great. It really makes a difference. We'd really appreciate it. Everybody says that all the time on podcasts and it's true. Stop what you're doing right now, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts where you can do this pretty quickly and easily. And just go give us a rating and a review and say, this is the best show about e-commerce in the history of the world. There. (laughs) There you go. I just gave you the words. Copywriting. How about that? Anyway, that's it. Thank you so much. If you want to reach out to me, Twitter is the place to do that, at Andrew J. Ferris. That's F-A-R-I-S. And also, if you do need help with your email, like I said, I think CTC does a great job of majoring on the majors and getting this right. If you're not there, like, go do it. It can make a really meaningful impact. Reach out to us. There is a link in the show notes of who to reach out to about that so that we can talk to you about getting your email right in the big ways, not spinning your wheels, not wasting your time on all the secondary, less valuable stuff, but really focusing on how to turn email addresses into dollars. That's the key. And so come get it from us. We'd love to do that for you. Thanks very much.